You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Melbourne, Australia, and you're listening to the Global Spotlight Podcast. We're rocking. We've just started this thing, but we're going to introduce you to some of the most amazing coaches around the world. Today, we have someone from Washington, a very, very, very good friend of mine that I met on MySpace in 2006, and we've followed each other's careers, and finally... Finally, I've got a chance to introduce her to the world. Let me introduce you now to Natasha Saunders. She's an award-winning and internationally respected certified youth coach focused on life, careers and academics. She's a dynamic speaker, a workshop facilitator and strives to ensure that all her clients are self-aware and market-ready. Hey, Natasha, how are you? I'm doing phenomenal. I'm so excited about this. Don't you just love the idea that all this stuff spins around? We're busy doing our little thing in our little town. When I knew you first, you were in Boston. You've now moved to Washington. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're rocking. I've been doing some stuff since we chatted last. And now we're finally coming together to share our collective wisdom under the banner of... The Global Spotlight Podcast. And this is what it's all about. But you know what most people want to know about coaching? Because I've got a lot of friends are coaching. Mm-hmm. What was the catalyst? Did you start off as a coach? Did you always want to be a coach? But what was that, what was that pivotal moment where you woke up and you said, you know what, I, I want to do this? You know, it, it wasn't something that I thought of ahead of time. It almost just was meant to be. I was working in retail um, and I was in charge of interviewing individuals, interviewing, training, um, and even termination. And it just wasn't an easy, um, I felt bad. It wasn't easy for me to do. So I would find myself interviewing someone and if I couldn't hire them, I'd tell them why. And then I would say, you know, I'm going to be at the library on Saturday from 12 to 4. Why don't you meet me there and I'll help you? And I found myself Mm. doing that so often that the librarian came up to me and said, Natasha, what are you doing? Why are there people coming in here asking for you? And I said, I'm not exactly sure, but I do know that uh, this person could have interviewed a little bit better or they could have worn something that was a little more appropriate or their answers to the questions weren't quite what I was looking for. And I just wanted to help. And she introduced the world of career development to me and said, you know, that's what you are. That's what you're doing. And she really set me on that path. And I conducted a lot of interviews with people in the field. And it just kind of led me in that direction because I just always wanted to help. I can't hire you, but let me help you. And I think that me taking that path eventually led me out of HR because 
legally you really shouldn't tell people, you know, I, I, I can see you outside of this job. So I knew right then it was really time for me to kind of venture out wow. into wow. that world. That, that is a magnificent story. What a magnificent story. It's a great story about how you started. And I'm, I'm going to ask every single person I interview about how they started mm-hmm. because we've, we've all got that passion. That's the thing that coaches all have in common. We love helping people. We, we've started with a real passion to change the world. And I'm really inspired by that, that version of the story. But you know what? I would really love to hear your ideal, your ideal client, your ideal scenario. Coaches come in many shapes and sizes. Who's your ideal client and how do you help them? My ideal clients are primarily youth and young professionals. So between the ages of 13 and 27 and those that are looking for help with their career development, maybe life as far as um, image and confidence and self-esteem, and then academic decisions. If they're thinking about what college should I go to or which internship program should I look into. And then supporting these clients, it's my goal to support them either through one-on-one coaching um, referrals to resources. Um, most people don't necessarily think of that, but if I cannot help you, I will say that up front that I think you should go to this person or check out this agency or check out this education firm. They would be a best fit for you. And then lastly, I do a lot of workshops, a lot of workshops related to personal and professional development topics, such as networking, interviewing, job search strategies, mm-hmm. things like that. So this is actually a key part of my my questioning too. Do you do a lot of stuff in Washington in person or do you have products for sale or do you do a lot of stuff online or a combination? So I'm glad you asked that question. It had been since I started my business in 2009 and everything at that time was in person. You had me face to face. And then I ended up getting this um, contract that was pretty big, and I tested the world of virtual career coaching. So that has been working as well. And so now um, I am designing my courses to go online so that clients can just take the class on networking, take the class on resume building online. So that's my model now. I realized that, you know, it's really easy also to get burnt out. And and then you want to service as many people as you can. And I have to take a step back and think, you know, I'm not utilizing technology as I should to promote what I do. And so now that's the phase that I'm moving into. I'm so I'm so glad that you're doing that for a couple of reasons. You know, we've known each other for a long time and I was a career coach for five years and one on one is awesome. It's always better if you can go one on one. But you're limited, first of all, to being in your own town, which means people can only see you if they live where you live or visit where you live. You're cutting yourself off from the global market or the national market and the uh, online market. And as a career coach who wants to help the world and make a reasonable income, the idea of linking with the online world, even having having products for sale, Mm -hmm. so you can just download them and buy them at your leisure, which we both now got, or online coaching via Skype or webinars Mm -hmm. 
or Google Hangouts, which are now becoming increasingly interesting technologies, you're now starting to reach a wider audience and really utilize your time better. Would you agree? I absolutely agree with that. And so I'm I'm excited to now take my business into that direction. The other thing I've been asking, it's 2015 this year, and uh, this is the year that Marty McFly mm-hmm. went to the future. Mm-hmm. And Buddy's got his power laces in the DeLorean and, and Dr. Emmett Brown. I've often wondered if I could go back to 1985, which, uh, of course, is uh, relevant for me because I'm 48, uh, what would I say to my younger self? And I've often wondered of that question of other, other friends. If you could go back 10, 15, 20 years, um, because you weren't born in 1985, <laughs> uh, what, would you, uh, what would you say to your younger self? I mean, what, would you, what, would, what are the things that you've learned since that you'd really wish you had have known then? You know, I, that's not an easy question, you know. And so thinking about that, I think that I would tell my younger self to, um, from a, a, a material standpoint, budget and finances, and really take note of where your money is going. It doesn't matter if you made $10 or if you made $1,000, to really be mindful of where your money is going and how you're using it and saving. Um, And then on the other side, I would say um, the self-esteem and the confidence. I have found that for me personally – I've honestly been battling with this this confidence thing the older I have gotten. And I feel like in my 20s, I I was just going for it. Nothing, but I just went for it. I was confident. I look back at some of the things I did when I was in my 20s, and I'm like, oh, my God, did I, I really did that? I really went there? Yeah. And so if I had to, to tell myself in my teens and my 20s, I would say, you know, go hard. Go as hard as you can. Work as hard yeah, as you can. Yeah. Meet as many people as possible. Um, and, you know, confidence, it's not that it's completely depleted. You know, I think that life comes into play. That is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's so wonderful. I mean, the, the facts are that as life gets up, uh, goes along things happen right. you, you slow down as a person there's there's a bigger load isn't there there's more to do there's house payments right. kids come along right. you know you've got more commitments your parents get mm-hmm. older exactly i've never had this discussion with anyone before but the truth is that when you're 18 maybe 18 to 30 you're full of beans you've got plenty of energy the world is your oyster and you can go hard yes. and quite often we don't because we think oh well you know there's always plenty of time yes. I'll be strong and vibrant and intuitive and inspired forever. Mm-hmm. And we are. But the point is that the load. Right. The there load are other things we're considering hard. at this point. And that is so important. So if anyone's listening and you've just started your coaching practice, you know, you've just out of uni or you've just done a really great course and you're thinking you might be, you know, you might want to just take it easy for a while. Well, look, you know, the thing is that life does get a little bit more complex as you get older, so get if you've got the opportunity, if you've got the window, grab it. But, you know, we've been chatting about the idea of what it's like to be a coach, and you've shared some really great stories about what you would have done had if you could go back and t- talk to your younger self. How did you get started? But, you know, the big question I often get is, what do I say to the naysayers, the people that say, you know, 
this is not for you, Keith. This is not for you, Natasha. I think this is too hard. I think this is beyond you. You know, this is not a good idea. What do you say to people that just, you know, really are not that supportive? You know, I try not to say too much, actually. Um, I try to distance myself unless it's with positive people or if there is a time when I need some constructive criticism. Um, because sometimes you can learn from the naysayers um, if you can balance not letting that negatively impact you. Mm. Um, and, now, that's a, very, mm-hmm. that's a very good point. Let me pick up on that. You've got a very proactive apo- approach to critique, positive and negative. If you, if you can be strong enough to say, okay, that's a valid mm-hmm. point. I get that. I'll take that on board. I really appreciate your feedback. If you're strong enough to say that, that's a very positive approach, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. And, and, and you have to really decipher when it's worth your time, who is that coming from, um, and then just kind of keep going. But normally I will just kind of revert back to I'm very confident that I'm doing what I'm doing for a reason, that I've been called to do what I do, that it's my purpose to help young people. So if you can go back to your passion and your purpose and remind yourself, you know, this is why I am doing this. There's a purpose behind this. It feeds my soul to help people. Then if you yeah. can kind of encourage yourself. But sometimes you do need to distance yourself. You just have to choose wisely. That is so brilliant. That's exactly the reason why I'm very, very passionate about helping Anne-Marie with this community because we all need that positive vibe to say, you're right, you're on the right track, you chose this, you're, you're good at this. You know, don't worry so much about those people, you know, kicking you in the guts, hitting you over the head, because there's always going to be those yeah. people. And if you're not strong and you're working in isolation, and we often do work in isolation in coaching in the... Yeah, so that's that's very important. But, you know, that leads us perfectly on to the idea of what to do in the tough times. You've been doing this a while. What did you do when, when times got a bit tough or a bit challenging? How, what advice would you give to people who haven't maybe gone through those really difficult times? What did you do and how did you get through it? You know, I think the first step, and I only honestly just recently accepted that not everybody's journey has been perfect and that there are other businesses that have had tough times. Sometimes I feel like it's just me, you know, everyone else looks like they're doing so wonderful. They have great clients. They're finding them. They're making great money. And recently um, a, a lady that I admired who I've spoken with previously said that she shut down part of her business and I wasn't, happy that she had experienced that but it showed me that no this is this is real that sometimes we have to adjust or shift what we're doing or how we're doing it so we talked earlier about face-to-face coaching and then now utilizing um, the internet and social media in order to do group virtual coaching and so it's just a matter of shifting so I think that my advice is 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 to um accept 
that you are not the only one that may be going through challenges. We just need to reach out for support and, you know, such as what you all are working on now by building that community of coaches that can kind of coach each other into the next phase of their business. That is extremely important is to, is to surround yourself. I think it was Jim Rowan, um, a speaker who said we are the really the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. And so we just really have to be mindful of that. So if you're going through challenges, number one, you're not alone. Number two, find a support system that can help you through that. Yeah, we, I've, I've heard that recently from Jeff Walker. Mm. It might have been him. In addition to mm-hmm. uh, who said mm-hmm. that, he said that basically you are the collective sum of your five favorite friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you are you are influenced by who you hang out yeah. with. And so I would encourage on a global level, and please, I am here at 100% of the time. I do sometimes sleep, <laughs> although some people doubt that. Mm-hmm. I am always here. If you want to reach out on Twitter, it's at Keith Keller. If you want to go to my website, there's hundreds of resources there, keithkeller.com.au. We are all here to support each other because the, the people that we hang out with now are doing great work, and we have down days, don't right. we? Right. It's true. I have them, I think, you know, we all have them at some point, whether it's confidence that we can do what we're doing, whether it's trying to obtain more clients or shifting our business strategies, um, even going through changing your price structure. There's so many Mm -hmm. challenges as an entrepreneur. And so, but we get through it. Somehow we find ourselves still coming back. You know, we still come back to this world because people say, you know, I just got a a phone call yesterday about a a position in New York. Uh, Natasha, do you want to think about this? We'd love to talk to you. And I could go that route. It absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that route. But right now, there's something that just keeps me plugging away. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is a very, very inspiring conversation because it's very real. You know, you've had your down days. I've had down days. It's impossible to conceive some days of the way I speak. I just always up. But, you know, that's not the way it works. Some days you do, you do doubt whether, you know, is this really working? Mm-hmm. What, did I make the right decision? And, of course, we did. But the point is that we're, we're on the journey ourselves. We're entrepreneurs. We have to do it. We have to do the work. Yeah. And it's, a, it's an exciting journey, but it sometimes can be a challenging one. And this leads perfectly to my last question, and that is, what advice would you have for people starting up their coaching business from scratch? If they're thinking of starting a coaching business, what are the, the pieces of advice that you'd have for them? I think just, I mean, in short, my advice would be to ensure that you have a purpose for what you do. So kind of take a moment and do an introspective look of where you are. Like, are you fulfilling the purpose that you, you know, that you would say, okay, I meant to purpose. This is my passion. Just kind of check yourself. And, and, you know, once you do that, then the next thing is you really should seek out a few good mentors um, that can kind of help you, that you can call for advice, whether that's lawyers, accountants, um, someone that's really good in marketing. And, and you know what I also suggest? In moderation, follow some other coaches. 
sometimes you can get a little intimidated, like, wow, they're doing this. But then you really get some great ideas, new strategies. And so follow those who have come before you that have really blazed that trail and just stay determined and encourage yourself and keep going. Yes. Yeah, look, it's so, it's so powerful. I know quite a lot of these people and they're all awesome. They're all willing to help. They're all eager to help mm-hmm. because we've done it ourselves. We've come from nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to make it up yourself. There's no rule book. You basically start and you, and you just have to blaze a trail. And I know heaps of people that have done this, and they're all very humble. You know, I started from nothing. Okay, things went my way. I'm so pleased with that. How can I help you? Because that's why we are coaches. We're, we're, we're coaches because we want to help the world. Such great advice. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes here, uh, Natasha, to tell people how they can contact you uh, for any of your work, give any of your details, and then we'll wrap it up. And I'll put this one on SoundCloud later on today. Oh, sure. Just if you want to just check out my website, just start there. It's theyouthcareercoach.com, theyouthcareercoach.com. And once again, my name is Natasha Saunders. So even if you just hit Google for Natasha Saunders, you will find me. Natasha with the C. Yes, Natasha with the C. Look, we've been chatting to Natasha Saunders, who now lives in Washington originally from Boston, and may eventually be in New York. Who knows? We're we're following the story as we speak. You've been listening to the Global Spotlight podcast, and this is my inspiration for a brand new idea. The project is called Coaches Connection Academy, and I'm loosely calling that the missing link for coaches. So I went and got a URL, themissinglinkforcoaches.com. So if you want to find anything out about that project, anything about what Amory and I are doing, please go there, The Missing Link for Coaches. Uh, my name is Keith Keller, and you can find me at, at Keith Keller on Twitter. I'm very, very happy to help. If you want to track where we're going with this, use the hashtag CoachesConnection, whether it's on Google Plus or Pinterest or especially Twitter. We're going to be tracking this over the course of the next few weeks and months and maybe even years because this project is fundamental to my heart. And I really do appreciate you listening in. And tune in again next time because we're going to be interviewing some of the global superstars in the world of coaching. And thank you, Natasha, for being part of it with me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for the opportunity.